Hello, and welcome to Home Equity Bank's Mindful Money Podcast. My name is Steve Ranson, and for 20 years, I've been the CEO of Home Equity Bank. We're a federally regulated bank that specializes in helping Canadians, age 55 or older, release the equity they've built in their homes. That money can then be spent any way you want, on renovations, travel, helping other family members, buying a home, or reducing debt. And as a bank, we have only one product, reverse mortgages. But it's a financial tool that can and should be incorporated into any conversation about long-term financial planning. With this podcast series, we want to talk about many of the broader issues that affect the financial well-being of Canadians. Managing debt, healthcare options, financial planning, real estate trends, and the impact of demographic shifts on the economy. Thanks for joining us. Home Equity Bank's Mindful Money Podcast. I'm Deirdre McMurdy. Today we're speaking with Stephen Ranson, CEO of Home Equity Bank. Steve, what's your professional background? How did you end up as CEO of Home Equity Bank? Uh, so I'm a chartered accountant. I worked in uh, you know in the accounting profession for a couple of years and uh, in other uh, federally regulated banks. And I actually met the guy, uh, a gentleman named William Turner, who founded the company. Uh, almost uh, 22 years ago, and I was so intrigued with the product and so impressed with the potential of the product to help people improve their lives and, and the things that the product could do and, and how, uh, at that point, how little known the product was. I just thought, this is a really great thing, and this is something I want to get involved in. And over the 20-year tenure that you've had, what are some of the biggest changes you've observed in the overall sort of real estate mortgage market, the, the consumer market? What are the big ones? So, I mean, obviously just what's happened to the price of houses in the last 20 years, I mean, even in the last five years, um, you know, the strength of the residential market across Canada, uh, the significant drop in interest rates from 2000, 2008 uh, until now. Uh, you know, when I first started with the company, interest rates were somewhere around the range of 9 and 10%. You know, rates are half that or less um, now. That's probably, you know, probably the two biggest things. And then just generally, the, I think the availability of credit in the mortgage market. We've really gone through a cycle where 20 years ago, you know, mortgage credit was uh, you know, relatively hard to get to. Um, five years ago, I think everyone would agree mortgage credit was much too easy to get. Uh, I'm talking about conventional mortgages here. Um, and now I think in the last couple of years with things that uh, you know, the government and OSFI and the Bank of Canada have been doing, uh, where, you know, the pendulum is swinging back a little bit in terms of the accessibility for people on the on the conventional mortgage side. What are some of the implications of rising interest rates again? I mean, obviously they are down from from the uh, levels you you uh, referred to earlier, but they are on the rise again and house prices are cooling. What are some of the implications there, do you think? So, uh, you know, just generally, not necessarily for our business, but generally, uh, you know, rising re- interest rates will uh, impact affordability. Uh, and I think uh, I think that's a good thing. I think house prices have just gotten a little bit ahead of themselves, particularly in Toronto and, and Vancouver. Um, so to the extent the rates go up, I think that'll impact affordability, and I think that will result in cooling house prices. On the other hand, you know, we're only talking so far 50 basis points in the last couple of months. Um, you know, people are saying there might be another 25 basis points in the next six months. Um, it's not, uh, you, know, you know, I think it's manageable for a lot of people, so I don't think it's going to be a huge sh- shock to the system. Uh, but I, I do think it's going to have an impact. 
There's been a real proliferation of financial products and services over the past several years. Where do reverse mortgages fit into that food chain? So we've been around a long time, um, obviously. Uh, you know, I've been here 20 years, and the company's been around for 30 years. Uh, in the UK, the product's been around for, gosh, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 years. So, you know, we're not one of those new products, although we're probably one of the, unfortunately, less understood products. Um, I think that proliferation of products that you mentioned uh, goes a little bit with how easy it was to get mortgage credit, you know, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, it's going to be more interesting to see how some of those products, uh, you know, how they survive really with higher interest rates and tighter underwriting um, criteria that uh, OSFI and the Bank of Canada and CMHC are putting on conventional lenders. You said that it's a misunderstood product. What do you mean by that? What are the most stubborn misconceptions about reverse mortgages? Oh, gosh. Um, so, you know, it's certainly the biggest one and the one that I have to admit drives me um, completely crazy is the, uh, you know, the perception that at the end of the term of the mortgage that we own the house. Um, that's a, a stubborn misconception. I've had more people say that to me in the last 20 years than I can count. Um, and that, you know, it's just not true. Um, it's, it's a very simple product. We, we lend people money. Uh, it's secured by the house. Interest accrues on the mortgage. But when they come to sell the house, either because, you know, they're moving on to a nursing home or whatever, or the estate is selling the house because they've lived there until they passed away, whatever that result is, the home's being sold, the mortgage gets paid back, and all that remaining equity, which in most cases is in the neighborhood of 50%, all that remaining equity is going to the borrower. We don't take ownership of the house. We, don't, we never own it. And I don't know where this misconception started, but it, it's probably the biggest and most long-lasting one out there. Now, you alluded to the UK market, and obviously there's a market for reverse mortgages in the US as well. Are those products materially different? Are they regulated in a different way? Because it certainly seems as though the US advertising for reverse mortgages that you see in Canada is talking about something a little different. Yeah, so in, in, in conception, the products are all the same, right? The fundamental promise of the product is that uh, we're gonna, you're going to get a lump sum amount of money. You never have to make a payment. You stay in your home as long as you want. And when you do decide to move or sell, um, you know, you pay back the loan, you keep what's left. That fundamental promise is the same. Uh, and I would say our market and the UK market are more similar in the design of the products and how people deliver on that promise. In the US, uh, it's a much more uh, highly regulated market. Uh, mortgages in the US are insured by the federal government. And the product is structured uh, somewhat differently uh, than, than ours. Um, you know, there's smaller loan limits, um, different ways that people take the money. Uh, between Canada and the UK, uh, much more similar type products. A uh, big percentage of people are taking what's called a lump sum product, which means they take most of the money that's available to them up front. The one difference that we have that, in fact, uh, neither the UK have uh, or the US has is what we call our income advantage product. And that's where if you qualify for $100,000 or $200,000 and you say, you know, I, don't, I just don't need all that money up front. Uh, instead, you can say, okay, well, you know, give me $1,000 for the next 100 months or the next 200 months, whatever that number happens to be. Um, that option of taking planned schedule advances of a certain amount month after month after month um, doesn't actually exist in uh, either the UK uh, or the US. Who are your clients? I mean, obviously they're 55 plus, but are there other common denominators? 
So interestingly, um, you know, the average, the minimum age now is 55, and it, it dropped from 62 when I started 20 years ago, and then we moved it to 60, and then 55. Um, so even even though the average age or the the minimum age has been going down, the average age of customers has been roughly 71, 72 uh, for the past 20 years. Um, tends to fit the demographic profile in terms of uh, you know the percentage of people that are couples. Uh, single women versus single men. So that's kind of the, you know, the boring, you know, who are these people kind of thing. Um, in terms of what do people use the money for, um, roughly a third to 40% of people are actually using the money to pay off uh, conventional debt. So even though rates have been relatively low for the last couple of years and, you know, are, are ticking up a little bit now, um, it's still hard for people on fixed income to manage those, uh, those debt payments. And so our product kind of frees them from that monthly obligation. So that's a that's a you know a good percentage of customers. The rest of the customers break down in a couple of different ways. Um, for some people, it's just having a little bit more money. So uh, you know they can hire someone to cut the grass, shovel the driveway. They can go to see their kids. Uh, you know, if you're living in Toronto, you can go to Vancouver twice a year instead of maybe only once. Those little things that people do to to help improve their lifestyle. We also, uh, you know, particularly with really strong house prices, have seen uh, a percentage of our customers who are um, taking an early inheritance and, and giving money to their kids or their grandkids to help them get into the housing market. See that probably more in Toronto than and Vancouver than we do, you know, perhaps in some other markets. But that's been a reasonably uh, significant part of the business in the last uh, couple of years. And then um, there are people who take the money and use it for uh, different investment strategies. Um, there's a lot of things that can be done for uh, people to help manage uh, uh, RIF withdrawals, uh, minimizing tax, some, some fairly interesting things that people can do to help them manage their overall net worth. How well integrated is this product in the broader conversation about financial planning? Maybe we could talk a little bit about Canadians and financial planning and you know where they're is room for improvement or a little more sort of concerted focus? So I think, you know, traditionally the products have been seen really as, you know, the product of last resort. This is kind of the last thing that you're, you know, you're going to want to do. Um, where we're trying to move the conversation is uh, this is something that you should be considering as one of the many options that you have. People have made a lot of money in real estate uh, in the last few years. And, yeah, the market's selling off a bit, but, you know, the gains – for m many of our clients are are very significant. People are in homes they paid, you know, five percent of what they're worth now, um, and so they, you've got this asset that's built up in your house. Uh, average customer, as I said, is seventy-one or seventy-two, so they tend to have a riff. Not as many of them have um, pension plans, so you've got this pool of assets. You need to be thinking, what, what's the best way that I can manage uh, that pool of assets to min to minimize taxes? And in a lot of cases. If you're accelerating uh, withdrawals out of your RIF because you need cash flow and running down your RIF until it gets to zero and then you decide to do something about your house, you're going to pay way more tax in those earlier years because you're going to start uh, bumping up against you know, the various clawbacks that um, seniors face in OAS and CVP, um, those kind of things. And that sort of conversation about you, know, you need to take a more holistic approach to this incredible asset you've got, asset you've got and how do you take our product and use the, the really unique benefits of our product in your financial plan. That's where, that's the conversation that we're trying to have with people, uh, you know, with financial planners, with bankers, 
is there's many more things that you could be doing and many more ways you should be looking at this product than traditionally, uh, you know, how people have thought about it. What do you think it's going to take to get people to start changing the way they think? So many other things have changed. There's so much more advice and information available. Why is there that residual resistance to really address these issues in your view? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's a resistance. I think it's just, um, you know, we're, we're still unfortunately uh, relatively small. And, um, you know, the banks, uh, the larger banks and, and other institutions um, have tended to dominate the conversation. And, and so what we're trying to do with this series and, and some of the other things we're doing is, is you know, have a, have a different sort of conversation about who we are, what we do, how the product works, and, and kind of get the message out there. I think it's probably less an issue around resistance as much as uh, just not enough awareness about the product and what it can do and how it can help people and, and some of the opportunities that are um, available. You know, if, if you think about the product I talked about earlier, Income Advantage, we're, you know, we're the only country in the, can in the world actually that has that. That gives you a really interesting way to manage the amount of interest that's accruing on your uh, reverse mortgage and really only take the money that you need and take it over a period of time. Um, and that can easily supplement RIF withdrawals, for example. So it's just, we just got to, we have to do a better job of making people aware of who we are and, and the options that we have and how things can work. Well, thanks very much for taking that big step forward today with this. Thanks very much, Steve. Thank you.